0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. Well, I'm Jason Evans, and with me in studio is the one, the only, Kyle Lee. And joining us virtually through modern technology is none other than Jordan Ferris.
1: Jordan, how's it going, man? Hey, it's fantastic. Thanks for having me.
0: Woo-hoo. Well, we wouldn't miss having you, Kyle. Uh, normally, I ask you how you're doing. So, how are you doing today? Yeah,
2: I'm so good, so good it hurts.
0: So good it hurts. You sound very subdued. I'm so good. That's you had that. Your Fantastic. high voice. That
2: was good. Thanks. Yeah, I gotta keep the high voice. I keep for. I keep forgetting to have the high voice. <laughs> normally, that's the thing. You know. Normally, it's not I easy sound, being a
1: voice actor.
2: Normally, I sound like this on a podcast, like Sylvester Stallone. Right. It's, but you got to
1: let people know it's a pos- it's a positive environment. It's a happy place.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know. So, it's uplifting. Definitely Just not like, being held against my will, guys. <laughs> Seriously. No somebody. Oh, yeah. wow. Already off the rails.
0: Well, uh <laughs> You know today's gonna kind of be a anything goes episode. Jordan, you were so kind to uh, to uh, join us, and so you know we're just gonna kind of let things go the way they will. And I feel like we need to start with Kyle because Kyle said he's found uh, something interesting on the interwebs. No, not and, uh, really interesting. Okay, then what is it then? Um, you 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 were like texting us saying I found this cool thing. I can't wait to share it. I definitely did not do that. Yeah, that's. I, did you get that text, Jordan?
1: Yeah, um I've in fact, well I've I've got Kyle on, on do not disturb
2: permanently but no um, texts yeah, I've seen have it been few messages. However, some people might know that Jordan, our friend Jordan is obsessed with Guy Fieri. Oh yeah. And so uh I've just been scrolling through Guy Fieri's Twitter, his Wikipedia and just his Twitter his Twitter account is quite woke.
1: You know, Jason, from the get go, I was told we weren't going to talk about this because um, I didn't come on the show, you know, to dive into what's been going on in the press, you know. Um, so if we're going to touch on this, you know,
2: well, go ahead, Kyle. Listen, um, Guy Fieri is currently, according to his Twitter, working on some new recipes for the folks inside of Area 51. Oh, for the the Storm 51 thing? Yeah, some radioactive ribs, he says. Um, But last week, he may have had the greatest Twitter interaction that I've ever seen in the history of Twitter interactions. And uh, let me find it for you. Last week, he tweets out, in the culinary justice system, taste-based offenses are considered especially heinous. And Flavortown, the one dedicated detective who investigates bland food, is the leader of an elite squad known as the Sketchy Chef Unit. These are guys' stories. Hashtag dun-dun. Hashtag the laws of Flavortown. Law and order Flavortown.
0: And so I he's got like, a new series coming? was that... like,
2: man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what made it even cooler? The first reply on there. Law and Order SVU. Give us a call if you uncover any especially heinous diners, drive-ins, or dives. Wow. I didn't even know SVU had their own verified (laughs) Twitter. (laughs) I didn't either. That's fantastic. So that's the stuff that we need in the world right now. Yeah. More Guy Fieri. Someone tweeted out a picture of uh, Ursula side-by-side with Guy Fieri from Little Mermaid, and he retweeted it. Loved it. That's his pinned tweet, actually. Oh, okay. So... He is self aware, guys. So he, he fully knows
0: and he likes to interact with the uh He's just sipping sphere. on
2: as as Jordan and I like to say, just sipping on that donkey sauce. Absolutely. All the way into
1: Flavortown. So hey, have you guys been doing the, the, the face app thing? Um,
2: making yourself look like an old man. No. I, okay. already, I, you know, I am. I
0: am old enough. <laughs> already look like an old man,
2: but I did do the face app a couple of times until I found out it was a Russian hacking Russian hacking tool. Well, of course, I mean, of course it is, but
1: there's a there's an option on there that makes me look a lot like Guy, and that's oh, really? really exciting. Yeah, do it gave you, me blonde hair, gave me a nice pudding ringo tea.
0: Do you have uh, uh, visual evidence of this that oh, you can share with I us? Oh, do I
2: ever? I'll share it. I have never. Heard the phrase "pudding ring goatee." Yeah, what whoa, does that mean? Not? Like it looks <laughs> what, like he just think stuck about his, it. Stuck his mouth on a pudding cup. Yes. Oh, interesting. interesting. <laughs> and whoa, just, just got the picture. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's like I on a day off. That is amazing. Because it's is, got bangs instead of spikes, but yeah. yeah.
0: You you look kind of like Mac Powell's long lost brother right
1: there. <laughs> I want to sing a song for flavor Town. It just may, it wow. makes, you know, it solidifies that I, I won't, you know, destroy the beard anytime yeah. soon. It just in this whole know. Guy
2: Fieri thing, this happened at a Create Initiative event where Jordan and I were on at a group together creating mm-hmm. a story the one where we had to all create our own stories yeah, and ours was about, um, Sasquatch and somehow Guy Fieri. It just turned yeah, out really yeah. good. <laughs> that was a good, that was a really good event. And, and, um, yeah, Kyle and
1: I've, um, just discovered our mutual love for, for Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for I, squatches,
0: these, and for squatches, yeah. so that's why you, this is you called of, him a squatch last yeah, week,
1: musquatch. Okay, right. And this is what this is what the create initiative is about. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's nice about, to have a, a place to connect over something like that.
0: Yeah, you can connect over the things you enjoy in life. Yeah, um, you can create new things. Like so
2: currently, I'm looking at a picture of Guy Fieri dumping out a trash can full of nachos. So,
0: wow, so much joy brought into the world. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's really great.
1: Well, so, hey, uh, so what? Go ahead. I I just had a question. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask about how your guys' summers going so far.
2: Summer's the worst. Why? All right. Well, it was. Glad <laughs> I asked. One hundred ten degrees yesterday. Yeah. Heat index, and um, basically after. 9 a.m. My air conditioner in my car does not work, and so mm. once it gets to a certain heat level outside, no cold air blowing through my car, uh, and so rough. just on I-44, mm. just sweating it up on my way home. Uh, so that's I, why summer's the worst. Hate it.
0: Yeah, I agree wow. on that on that term. I I live for the two weeks in the year in Oklahoma when you can like not have your AC or heater running. And it's like everything just stays. There's usually a week in the spring and a week in the the fall where you can do that. And I live for that week. That's when I take vacation and I just sit at home with the windows open. I was going to
1: say that's baseball weather.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's perfect. I I finally got to go swimming. Oh, was that enjoyable for you? Public pool or private?
2: Private. My cousin's uh, son had a birthday party on Sunday and... uh, I realized that I hadn't swam since his birthday party last year Wow! and was very depressed by that because do you like to swim. Are you a
1: good swimmer, Kyle?
2: Oh, yeah. Wow. I I grew up swimming on the, on the swim team. It feels like you'd be your oh. slender. Simmon, the Simmons Center Sharks. I'm a, I remember well, your sister was Oklahoma a swimmer. Oklahoma Junior I know Olympian. We nice. Wow. So if you guys ever want to have a great initiative swim meet, then <laughs> Wow. you'll lead the way. Yeah, that might be something
0: we could do. Well, we'll have to work on that next summer. Maybe instead of doing the film festival next year, we can just have yeah, a, a, swim a party. We could
1: probably rent out a pool pretty cheap in the fall.
0: We could do a dive in movie night. You know, what's yeah. the
2: difference between you and Michael Phelps? What's point? the difference? Uh, yeah. I don't really like, sub- a difference. I don't really like subway sandwiches. Okay. That's so the main answer. difference. That's the main Fantastic. difference. Like physically probably pretty, pretty similar. Um, yeah, I'm obviously more handsome than him. Uh, Mm-hmm. He probably has less gray hairs than I do, mm-hmm. but so does everyone else on the planet. So, <laughs> don't even need the face app to. I don't need the face app. You I, I did the old thing on the face app, and I was pretty happy with the way it turned out.
0: <laughs> well, uh, switching gears for a second, Jordan, um, I'm going to put you on the spot because for like years now, you've been like, "Hey, when am I going to be on the podcast again?" Um, when, when am I going to be able to join? I've really got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And, uh, honestly, I just want to know what is it you want to talk about?
1: Well, yeah. And again, thanks for having me. Um, as, as a, (laughs) as a big fan of the podcast, um, you know, I've just written a lot of letters and emails, um, specifically emails to you guys about a collaboration and having me on the show again. And, I'm glad that you, your content cycle finally ran flat yeah. and um, thank you it did. Yeah, so um, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that have been going on. It, it, you know in our country today, I mean it's a, you know it's a pretty polarizing time. Um, but there's an issue that I wanted to specifically address on the show that I felt like was show worthy. and just based on you know watching other shows that you guys have done. Um, really feels like it would fit, but, um, I've noticed a similarity between, um, Asian food and Italian food recently. Hmm. And I wanted to talk about whether there was a genuine connection or whether it's maybe just, um, my mind, you know, but think, if you think about the, the Asian cuisine, um, specifically, if you think about uh, a dumpling, okay, um, big dumpling fan here, but then think about in the Italian cuisine, cuisine, something like a, a ravioli, basically the same thing. Eh. Is it? Think about the premise. You've got a soft doughy exterior with some type of filling, and your, te- your techniques totally pretty different, much the same though.
2: thing, the technique,
1: but you've got noodles in both cultures. How does that happen?
2: Well, every culture has noodles. Yeah.
1: Why? Who made it first?
0: Well, I assume the Chinese. I was gonna
1: say Jesus, but well. <laughs> right. But if you think about it, I mean, they're they're pretty much the same. They just taste a little bit different.
2: Mm, I'm just too much. To, there's a lot more tomato in uh, Italian food.
0: Yeah, a lot True. more. A lot more
2: spices generally in
0: Asian food.
2: A lot, True. A lot more octopus in Asian food. Yeah. But you get yeah. that
0: in Italian too, Calamari.
2: That's squid. See?
0: Oh, those are different. That's squid. Ah, good. That's a well, good catch. Well, okay.
2: And it tastes like I thought you guys a rubber would, hose. So this I is you really, guys would agree this, with is, me. this is why you wanted to be on the show? That was the whole thing, huh? Um, That was what I mean, you, that's what you, what's what the nonstop calls and texts have, have been for is that you wanted to talk well, about. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, you guys like to eat? I thought...
0: Well, I mean, I can appreciate there are similarities, but... I could go without you know, eating like, if it wasn't really? a
2: necessity. Really? really? Really. Except for sunflower seeds. That's, yeah. And you call yourself a guy fan. That is literally my only goal for the summer was to eat 100 bags of sunflower seeds. You're, so, you're running out of time. I'm literally off, I'm off track a little bit. I have to eat 1.3333 repeating uh, bags per day now until September 23rd, but I'm going to give myself a pass um because it's September stays, 23rd. That's the technically that's technically, the, that's technically the last day of summer for a normal no, for a normal uh, American city, but in Oklahoma stays into the hundreds well past that. Yeah. So I'm going to say mm-hmm. until it's like consistently 80 something degrees, I've got until then to eat my 100 bags of sunflower Ranch sunflower seeds because plain ones are terrible now. Used to love plain ones then I had a bag of ranch and I was like, "Oh, I've never eaten Played never come back huh? again
1: you know I, kyle i did the same exact challenge last summer with corn nuts Oh, uh, Ran- ranch ranch flavor. corn nuts are
2: amazing for uh, except that the challenge was just to smell them every day not to eat them oh that is a challenge because i was going to say corn nuts are phenomenal if you're the one eating them if you are in the vicinity of the one eating them it smells like they've just peed their pants it's and absolutely so, horrible yeah Wow. This is a great show. I'm loving this. You might have to, talking about (laughs) peeing in the pants, you might have to put the uh, explicit tag on this one.
0: We can do the censorship. (laughs) I saw a church
2: church home. I was listening to a church home podcast with Judah Smith Mm -hmm. and it had the explicit tag. And I don't, I think it might've just been an accident. Uh. (laughs) And I listened, I was like listening closely the whole time. I was like, please let me hear what it makes this explicit. Yeah. It was nothing.
0: Huh. Do you ever have to raise the explicit tag at your church, Jordan?
2: Not very often. Not very often. There have been times. The hymnal, their hymnals have the little parental advisory tag on them. Right mm-hmm. on the front, explicit yeah. content. They, they saw that all the youths nowadays are listening to that type of music, right. and so they just put it, slapped it right on the hymnal. and Yeah. I mean, you've got to stay with the times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jordan, and I mean not to steer this into a more serious direction, but since we've we've last had you on the show, you have had uh, quite a bit of life change. You've you've moved to a f- uh, different jobs. You did a hundred percent like corporate for a while. Now you're back in the local church uh, down in Ada, and uh, I mean you don't have to. T- we don't have to talk about the whole story, but how are you feeling right now? Getting back in the local church, how's it going? All that kind of stuff. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I never left. I, what I did was, um, so I, I moved to Ada a couple years ago and, um, really felt connected to, uh, the area that I'm from, which is down this direction. But, um, last year I, I went uh, part time at the church and in order to, uh, work for a company, um, to be their marketing director. Um, and it was crazy. It's crazy experience. And I did it for about eight months and uh, obviously kind of having two jobs in that time. And I also have a, a small business that I operate. So it's just very busy, but um, learned uh, quite a few things that I think are, are useful um, in, in what I do in the church and eventually got so busy that I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to make a choice of to, to stop doing something in this equation. And, uh, man, I just couldn't make the decision to, to leave the church. So, um, ended up going right back in full time. So, I mean, it's been a really nice, um, season of growth and learning and seeing different perspectives. And, um, especially from a commercial marketing perspective of, you know, kind of, why don't we do some of the same things in churches? Why don't we market ourselves, um, in the same way that you would think of marketing a a business, but, um, it's been awesome, man.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember we, we had lunch a few weeks ago and I mean, there definitely you, you are enjoying, uh, your, your moment of life for, for sure. Um, can you, uh, expand, you said you, you were able to learn a lot of things when you were in the more corporate sphere that you think you can, you can bring back to the church. What are some of those ideas or, uh, motivations?
1: Well, for one thing in, in corporate America, um, you sort of live and die by marketing. I mean, it's a really, really big deal. I mean, for us, the company that I was working for, um, the focus was lead generation, Mm -hmm. right? Where you've, you've obviously you've got to sell a product, but you've got to know where to market that product and where to go. And so there's a huge focus on lead gen. Um, but you know, in the church world, marketing isn't something that's necessarily on the forefront of anyone's mind um, because you're not trying to necessarily, you know, obviously sell a product to a a specific demo. Um, But it's something that I think maybe is worth considering a little bit more like uh, what if, you know, in the role of whoever's doing your marketing at your church, what if it was that big of a deal where sort of the success of the future of the church, you know, lied in how you presented yourself um, that's a kind of a challenging thought. And at least in my experience in the church, that's not something that's at the front of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that it should be at the front of the conversation, but what if it was, uh, take a little bit more seriously as though, um, the church actually depended on it?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a, a, a good thought and you probably see, there are some churches that probably do it better than others to, you know, to try to make that that a focus, but, um, I, you know, you see a lot of churches that the the people aren't coming in, you know, like, I mean, there's a challenge there. People aren't always just looking for a new church home, you know, so you've got to find a way to, to, to to reach them. Um,
1: yeah. And I'm not talking about spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to do things. And and I'm not talking about the, the collateral that it takes to market. And I'm talking about knowing who your audience is you know and and doing the research to figure out how you need to present yourself yeah that's really the the key thought there not you know obviously having a budget to spend but
2: I don't know I think churches are getting a lot better at marketing um, as mainly through social media yeah I think that's their I think it's easy to tell um, when you're going through churches social social media if they understand the marketing side of things and if they if they have no idea, and uh, but I do think it it is a little bit different. Of a the end goal is a little bit different. to Whereas not necessarily generating leads or trying to sell a product, but you do there is a struggle to get people to come into the door, mm-hmm. and um, you know a lot of times people will say, you know, if we could just get them here, then they'll they'll realize that you know, life changes happening or that, that, you know, God is moving in our church and, um, the, the struggle isn't that that stuff's not happening as much as we just can't get new people to show up. Um, and it was, I thought what you said, uh, you know, people just aren't constantly looking for a new home church. I kind of feel the opposite, that people are constantly looking. But you mean people, like, already who
0: are involved in church, or people, I, I I mean, I'm referencing, like, people who are not already in the church world.
2: Oh, yeah, well, I just thought when when you said a new home church, I was just, I thought you meant just, like, it, to me, it seems like every we're in a kind of a crucial point where, because of social media and because we can see oh, this church has got it going on people are just like well I want to be at a church like that and yeah. just, they uh, you know they abandon they abandon where they are and uh I think that's kind of been the something we got to figure out as a church like yeah because then they'll get there and they'll like well I didn't know it was actually like this and then they'll go to the next cool Instagram post and uh another thought on
1: on along that same line is, what is marketing and what I learned about marketing is that marketing begins at the beginning of creating a product, not at the end. You know, it's not tying a bow on and trying to, what we would say, market something. It's in the genesis of the thing. So if churches thought about it like that, you're not trying to take your church in, you know, small country town, Oklahoma, and make it look like something that's very modern and cool and like another church, it's really beginning with who you are and being genuine to that, not trying to create it into something that's more appealing because of a standard that's set by some other church.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's an interesting thought, you know,
0: well, I think when you think
1: about marketing, you think about flash sometimes, you know, and it doesn't have to be that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, the, buzzwords a few years ago, I think it's still a, a relevant word, but it's that authenticity. You know, it's like that, I mean, that's a marketing keyword uh, for a lot of, you know, major corporations, the idea of trying to be authentic. And I think uh, the church has, has an opportunity to be one of the most authentic, you know, places around and they can use social media and, um, you know, flyers, marketing tools to to show their authenticity. But I agree with you completely. It's showing who you are. It's not showing what, you know, how you want to compare to this other church, you know, in another city or or whatever.
2: Well, and it seems like every, you know, it always goes in trends, like whatever the church trend was for the early nineties, every church big and small ended up trying to be like that. Yeah, Maybe ferns on the stage probably because that seemed to be all that it was. And, um, but in
0: a horn section in the band,
2: yeah, a shofar, a bunch of shofars, um but uh <laughs> what was this and then uh oh i I notice now, like it seems like every church, whether big or small, is trying to get their videos online, you know, yeah, and uh, which I think is fine, there's nothing necessarily bad about that, but it, sometimes it seems like they're doing they're like, well, we gotta get them online so people can see um what kind of church we are so we can get new people to come, but sometimes forsaking forsaking the church that they have to yeah. try to get the church yeah. out there to the rest of the people. Um, and so kind of like what Jordan was saying, I think you got to, instead of let's get our church to look like this and then present it out to the world, like realize, realize your audience, like why, like why are the people that are coming, coming in the first place mm-hmm. and let's figure out a way to make that known to the people, more people like them out there. Um, Instead of just, well, this church has 2,000 people, so we're going to do whatever they do, so maybe we can have 2,000 people. It's I don't think it it ever works like that.
0: Yeah, the comparison game rarely works well Yeah, um, in the church world, in my opinion.
2: Jordan's just staring at us angrily.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he agrees.
2: <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. I was just thinking about
1: something else. I was thinking about... Um, the music wars of the church and how, in my opinion, those days are coming to an end where um, it really is a crucial point of debate about what type of church uh, music your church is doing.
0: You think that debate's um, coming to <clears throat> an end? Just yeah.
1: Well, I think it, I think it's becoming a less important issue. Okay. In, in other words, people that are coming to church, whether young people or older people or middle-aged people they're less concerned with what the music is like. What they would rather see is you be real and worship God and be authentic and not try too too hard to do something, you know? Like, I mean, 10 years ago, it was a different conversation about what your church should look like, you know? It's like everyone was trying to, you know, add some synthesizers into their music. Like that was the biggest, you know. Absolutely. Go sense
2: Nothing's better than but a But I just think that,
1: you know, if, if I were starting a church plant right now, that wouldn't be a relevant, like top five things to think about, you yeah. know, like it's not a big deal. It's like people are seeing through the trends and the fads and how cool you are and how mm-hmm. relevant you are. And, and I can tell you people that are, are coming, you know, to your college ministry or that are young adults or that you know, are you those young families, which is the the crowd that everybody wants to reach. They just want someone who's, who knows who they are and that they stand for what they believe in and that they're real, you know? Yeah. And to that, and if I were in a small church, you know, you know and without a lot of resources, that would be very, very encouraging to me to know. I just need to be who God made me. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's all.
2: Yeah. And to that point, we were having this discussion actually about, um, like for children's ministry worship, um, Here at our OKC campus, they still have a live band, but our Edmond campus has transitioned over to just doing like video worship, like video on the screen with some leaders, like helping with the motions for kids and stuff like that. And um, it was kind of this big debate. I was like, well, they've always had a band. They need to have a band like. Basically, kind of what you're saying, like, well, it needs to needs to look a certain way, mm-hmm. like you need to have a guitar, electric guitar player, a synth player, a drummer in order to be a relevant church band. And with this younger generations coming up and I experienced this when I led for youth for the past four years, um, we went to we we were having trouble getting instrumentalists to, to commit to being in our Wednesday night services. We went to an all tracks based youth worship set mm-hmm. even, which is people like when I was in youth, it would have been like, that's heresy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not real music, but I, I realized and I learned that young, younger people, um, they don't care how it's good as long as it is good. Yeah. As long as yeah. it look it's prepared and seems like, you know, what's going on. And I think that that translates across the board for what you were saying, Jordan, like when people come into church, I don't think they necessarily care how the quality is as long as it is quality. You yeah, know? they're not. Yeah, they're yeah. not con-
1: People respect hard work. Hey, yeah, they, and, and they respect preparation. Yeah, and maybe
2: they're not nec- even necessarily caring like what is being presented. Um, in far as far as like stylistically, as much as they're cared about, like, well, this was thought through and is going to be impactful to my life. Yeah. Instead of mm-hmm. just something doing something for the sake of well, this is how it needs to look. Yeah. And yeah. so Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think people are looking a lot less towards, um, I don't think they're looking to be impressed by, by what we do. They just want to like what we do and they want to know that when they leave something, Something has happened in a positive light. You know, they've learned something or they experienced something that they didn't have before they walked in. Yeah. And you I think know?
2: there's, but I do think there's going to be like a divide, like a pretty hard line on that. Like, because I think there's still a whole bunch of people and like veins where they're like, no, it needs to, it needs to be like this, 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 yeah, this, this. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And then. It's gonna come to a head, I think. Well, that's
0: uh, Jordan, when you when you were talking about the the music wars are becoming less. Like, and if you're a church planner, that may not be a top priority. Well, I think it still is a priority for people who are already in the church. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm creating a <laughs> you know, those, those things are is. still going on. Yeah. And, you that's you why know. I'm
2: creating a video game called Ultimate CCM Fighter, and uh, where you can <laughs> it's a lot like Mortal Kombat, but uh, you can pick from the likes of Chris Tomlin um Matthew fi- West Matthew West Matt Redman um and they can they just fight it out um you know
0: How do they like do they f- like a physical punch or yeah. do they
2: like sing their lyrics Yeah or- there's a there's a whole slew of different um so like whatever say say it's Matthew West versus Chris Tomlin so Matthew West would have his his signature trademark move which is like an acoustic guitar slap to the face <laughs> and so right when you right right when you would do that with matthew west you matthew west would end up getting slapped in the face by an acoustic guitar by chris tomlin because he would have taken that move from matthew west and so
0: oh uh, and there
2: wow there there's is. a lot of thought there yeah
0: <laughs> you've really thought that out i've it's really
2: the, in the last 45 <laughs> seconds i've really thought about this guys <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's fantastic. You know
0: that that could, and so I don't want anyone to steal this because this is your idea, Kyle. Well, that's out there on the but internet
2: that, now. So if they if anyone puts it out, I will be suing. That could hard. be
0: like a great like internet short video series. Like if you can figure out a way how to how to actually do that, that could be pretty awesome.
2: I'll I'll call up some animators I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know any. <laughs> see what Phil Fisher Fisher Phil Fisher is yeah. doing. These yeah. days, this, this he didn't even animate. He was just <laughs> no, the brain. No, I think
0: he was just the brain and the voice and, and all that. Yeah. Kind the stuff. voice?
2: He was the voice? Yeah. Of VeggieTales? Yeah.
0: He was Bob. Bob. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> that, that wasn't bad.
1: That wasn't, yeah, that was awesome.
0: <laughs> well, uh, guys, we need to wrap it up. Um, and, and this has been a fun, fun time. But, Jordan, is there anything else before we go that uh, you're just thinking like you wanted to share? Absolutely. Always something else.
1: I mean, I've got all day. Just kidding. Well, um, no, I I actually do have a a thought, a challenge, um, thinking, um, along the lines of the, um, music war debate. I wanted to ask Kyle a question. Um, ask away my (laughs) That's the best. Um, Kyle, how, how do you, okay, so as a, a guy who, you know, you're, you're in the worship culture of today and, um, formerly, yeah, obviously,
2: well, you're not, not in it now. I'm all about tech now, man. But anyways, ask your question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so I've, I've been a per, I've been a person who, who talked about, um, you know, how it, it's important to, to not put preference over purpose when when talking about worship, right? So there's trends, there's cool things to, to do and be a part of and to fight for, you know, to be uh, relevant, to be doing, you know, the the latest music or whatever that you want to do, but how, how can someone who is, is, um, in that place, how can they not let those current trends and the things that are cool now to become a preference in the future where, Um, If worship really is all about growing closer to God and discovering more of God, how can you keep yourself from getting too attached to the things of now when things change in five years, maybe you don't want to change with them, right? Like, it's kind of easy to tell the older generation that their preferences don't matter because they're not current, you know? But like, how do you safeguard yourself from becoming that person that won't give up, you know, the The
2: synthesizers. Well, first of all, I will never give up the synthesizers. Synthesizer will live on forever and ever. Um, Secondly, I don't think this is kind of counterintuitive to what I just said. I don't think there can be any (laughs) sacred cows uh, when it comes to the trends, you know? Um, And so obviously, like we were joking about the synthesizer, but if someone someone says, well, worship music always has to have synthesizer and at this church it's always going to have synthesizer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like then they're, they're setting them. I just think I've been, they're setting themselves. I've been guilty of, go ahead. Sorry. Interrupting, but I mean, it's fine. It's like we're at a stop sign
1: now and no one can go. Uh, I've just been guilty of being that guy that's fighting for something because preference isn't relevant. And then also like not wanting to make an adjustment myself. Like Hold on. also not being Hold on, Jordan. The Jason's flexible. mom's calling
2: him. <laughs> it's okay, go. <laughs> Let's
1: bring her on the podcast.
2: That's weird. My mom called me. Jason's mom called him. Our moms are Whoa. Um I think probably the biggest thing for that is identifying up front, like the why, like the like setting up your measures of successful, like worship or successful making them be outside of uh stylistic choices you know what i mean like so if you have a good worship set Mm -hmm. that you did all relevant songs and like they're all most current and everything you've got to be able to find reasons why that worship set was good and successful outside of oh well we did we did most current it's just we all all
1: have those things yeah yeah we all have those things that we love so much and they're hard to let go of. Like, what if for me, that thing would be, I'm not a big Chris Tomlin fan. Right. So yeah, what who if, is, what if, what if all that there was to do was Chris Tomlin songs? Like
2: that would kind of destroy me a little bit. Well, then but I think we still understand. We would get to the d- bigger revelation. There is that we were all living in a pre-trib time where only Chris Tomlin's songs exist. And so, uh, we would, we would be much, <laughs>
1: but somehow you'd have to keep like a heart for worship through there, right? Yeah. Well, I think it, it'd be difficult. I think,
2: yeah, I think it's just figuring out wh- the, the, what behind worship. Well, is worship just a bunch of songs or it's well, kind of like what you said, like it's my heart. Um, Cause I mean, I know there's successful contemporary churches that don't even do any songs that I would probably like to do. And I think it would be good for, for us that are constantly pushing the creative limits and maybe attend churches that are always doing something current and relevant to maybe visit, visit a church that is healthy, but doesn't do any of those things. And just to see like, well, wow, why maybe ask the, those people that go to that church, those questions, like, well, why do you go there? Like what, like how, Cause it's hard for you to ask me too. Cause I always have preferences too. Um, but I always kind of lean towards like whatever the younger people like, I'm just going to kind of like too, because that's, that's what I wish would have happened for me whenever I was younger. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and I had at life fellowship when I was in Weatherford, there was a, an elder on on the board that, uh, had literally gone to the church since he was seven years old and he was in his seventies. Um, he had been the treasurer, treasurer of the church for 40 years. Wow! And, um, I, I can 100% guarantee you he hated stylistically most of the stuff we were doing. Like we were trying to update stuff and like, wasn't a big fan of loud music. Wasn't a big fan of any type of the current stuff. And, um, he made it a point to go around to all the worship team and tell them how much he appreciated them and how much he, uh, he cared, he believed in them and he cared about what they do. And that it was great. And that he believed that God was going to reach this next generation. And it was the first time really in my life that I had seen like a person, an older person in a church, just totally like listen, my preferences don't matter. I want to pour into what God's doing, no matter if they're doing stuff I like, or if they're doing stuff I don't like. And so
0: that's a good lesson. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: And so I'm, that, that was a great lesson for me. And I'm just kind of like, okay, God, please help me to, to try to think about that constantly as I'm growing up. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and so that's why we should do the Chris Tomlin challenge that we definitely shouldn't. We
1: should listen to only Chris Tomlin for the next seven days and somehow try to um, get past our preferences.
2: Well, uh, there's things called baby steps, Jordan, and that is a giant, <laughs> that is a big, giant leap that you just, uh, <laughs> you just presented. That's and awesome.
0: So, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I agree with Kyle on that one. That one may be just uh, too far of a chasm to, uh, to try to jump across <laughs> seven days, man. That's whoo. I don't think i listen to anything
2: for seven straight days. Oh, I could listen to anything but Chris Thomas For, for seven. seven straight days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Cause it's, it, it'd be, it kind of be the equivalent of listening to like, um, best of the eighties CD you bought from Walmart. That's recorded by, um, everyone that is not the actual artists yeah. that recorded it. And yeah. so, um, you'd hear this awesome Stevie wonder song performed by like Stevie almost wonder, you know, um
0: <laughs> oh man i can't wait till we can get chris on the show um, come on the show chris i've got a lot lots of, of questions yeah. <laughs> on the
1: show chris i have a lot to uh, say to well you Well,
0: guys we need to to draw this thing to a close it's been fun hope uh you the listener have also enjoyed your time um as this thing airs we are one day before our Creative film festival over at circle cinema in tulsa on july 23rd at 7 p.m so if you're in the tulsa area got, uh, you know, you're willing to go and check out some, some cool films, some graphic pieces, get some popcorn from the concession stand, come out and join us. It's totally free. Um, if it's after July 23rd, 7 PM, sorry. Uh, maybe you'll see us next
2: year, but, uh, guys, before we go, any parting thoughts? This episode has been brought to you by Guy Fieri. (laughs) Jordan. (laughs) I have no thoughts. Thanks for having me. It's been great. (laughs) Well, it
0: has been great. We've enjoyed it. And I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed it. And uh, stay tuned for a couple weeks. We'll have another episode. And uh, who knows? It might be just as crazy as this one. We'll see you later.
2: Peace out, musquatches.